In today's episode, we talk about the use of artificial intelligence in the world of work. It's about responsible use of the technology, the impact of AI on workplaces, and the position of trade unions. Hello, and welcome to... We Work Europe. The podcast of the European Centre for Workers' Questions. Do you hear that? That sound changed the world forever. After that, it was never the same again. It is the sound of progress, the steam engine. It ushered in the first industrial revolution and changed the way people worked. Tasks that previously took a lot of people to complete, for example, working on looms, was now done by steam-powered machines. More than 250 years have passed since then. We have long since entered the digital age in which robots increasingly perform automated tasks and software has become a product on the market. Progress keeps on going. It seems that we are standing on a threshold that is associated with hopes as well as concerns. The age of artificial intelligence. More than 18 million people worldwide are diagnosed with cancer every year. According to forecasts, cancer cases will increase significantly in the future. At the same time, there is a shortage of workers in the health sector. Artificial intelligence can help here and can literally save lives. It already plays an important role in the early detection of cancer. Using computer tomography images, the software recognises suspicious areas that indicate the presence of the disease, marks them and shows them to human specialists. This allows them to make more diagnoses in less time. AI is also used to detect toxic gases. It facilitates transportation through autonomous driving or traffic optimization or it simply assists you as a chatbot that answers recurring questions from customers. I think there's a lot of opportunities to make work easier, also make it safer and healthier for people if we use AI in a good way. And it might also provide an opportunity to make work less boring because um, the more boring tasks, so to speak, can sometimes be automated or digitalized. So it will actually give or can provide workers with more opportunities for exciting tasks or new tasks in their work instead of just doing repetitive tasks. This is Jan-Peter Dams. He is a board member of CNV, the second largest trade union confederation in the Netherlands and an ESA member centre. For CNV, AI is already an important topic on their agenda, as the consequences for the workers cannot yet be fathomed. 
At the same time, CNV also uses artificial intelligence for its own purposes. This comes in the form of a chatbot on its website, which replaces human support outside business hours. The topic of artificial intelligence, I would say, is fairly new even for us also as a labor union. But the topic of the future of work, which is a much broader topic, and how work is changing um, in the current time, is a topic that we've been dealing with for many years, of course. And we're in the middle of some of these big transitions when it comes to work. And our members are noticing that their jobs are changing, that their work is changing, that their workplaces are changing, and uh, we try to support them in that as best as we can. CNV offers support to its members, but also to non-members, and urges employers to invest in employee training. The importance of that can be seen in a survey that the trade union has conducted. According to this study, almost two-thirds of employees are not given the tools by their employers to prepare them for the digital transformation. And it's not just a Dutch problem. In neighbouring Germany, 40% of respondents to a representative survey said they believed the labour market would be made worse by the use of AI. The worries about being replaced by AI are fuelled by statements from companies such as US computer maker IBM or the British telecommunications company BT. They plan to replace between 8,000 and 10,000 human jobs with AI in the near future. Of course, it's in the logic of our economic system that um, every every company looks into new technologies and always thinks about can it replace living labor. Normally, it's more more into single tasks people are doing that are moving to technology. Not so often, it's the whole job. This is Sabina Pfeiffer from the Friedrich Alexander University in Nuremberg, Erlangen, Germany. The professor conducts research on the topic of technology, work and social issues. She thinks the fear of massive job cuts is exaggerated. With AI, especially with generative AI, it could look like it's really the real thing. Um, It's a good result, it's a proven result, but still it's just a guessing. But I, I can't see that so easily. Um, I have to check that. So we shouldn't use it in any kind of uh, working places where the result can make a difference or can have consequences, which could be irreversible. In a lot of cases, AI is maybe often not the right answer. Some examples we see it would be pretty much easier to take another IT approach than AI-driven approach. But companies and especially management are so delighted about AI. So it's like a big weapon for small uh, problems. And you see that everywhere, especially predictive maintenance is pretty often. I haven't found any um, example yet where you could say the effort and the results you get are in a relationship that's really a better approach than what we did before. Artificial intelligence can be used to monitor whether cooling systems are working properly. However, it is much cheaper to use sensors instead that measure the corresponding parameters and alert people just in time about what is broken and needs to be fixed. 
Let's jump back in time again, back to the first industrial revolution in the late 1700s. Technical advances in the 18th century led to factories springing up in cities. Entrepreneurs bought machines that could replace certain human activities. The machines were operated by people, which meant that new jobs were created. Although people now produced more goods in less time with the help of machines, their working hours did not get shorter. 16-hour working days were not uncommon, nor were accidents. Jan Peter Dams. This is the origin of us as unions. This is where we come from. It took years for trade unions to obtain better working conditions and salaries. Dams, a trained historian, would not want this experience to be repeated with AI. I sincerely hope that this is not going to be the way that we have to do it in the future, where first we implement this digitalization and AI in a very bad way, and then for years and decades, we as civil society organizations have to kind of like fight back to make um, them better and to make society better. Experts disagree on whether the development of artificial intelligence is tantamount to an industrial revolution. Patrick Valance, former chief scientific advisor for the government of the United Kingdom, told the Guardian newspaper that AI would have, quote, a big impact on jobs, and that impact could be as big as the industrial revolution was. While Sabina Pfeiffer is more reserved, saying AI holds a lot of opportunities but will not lead to massive job losses. Technology certainly has the potential for various use cases, and the consequences are difficult to assess. Time and again, there are cases where users receive information from chatbots that the software was not supposed to provide. In March this year, for example, the Discord chatbot told a user how to make napalm. The user had written in the bot's chat window that his grandmother had worked in a napalm factory and had always told him the manufacturing steps to help get him off to sleep. Could the bot now please play the role of his grandmother? Which it did. Discord has since patched the chatbot. But the question arises as to who must take responsibility for the use of artificial intelligence and how any misuse can be prevented. That is why the European Parliament is currently working on a first directive for dealing with AI. As a global pioneer, it wants to pass the so-called AI Act in the next few years. This will be a binding declaration for all member states that classifies applications of artificial intelligence into different risk levels and even bans some of them altogether. For example, social scoring systems, meaning the collection and classification of personal data to check whether someone is creditworthy or entitled to social benefits, etc., will not be allowed. Predictive policing tools, which are used to predict criminal offences, will also not be permitted. High-risk systems, such as AI for autonomous driving or medical devices, must be registered in an EU database. Those who violate the requirements will have to pay fines of 30 million euros. Sociologist Sabina Pfeiffer is sceptical. Talking about the act is one thing, and then the next thing is, do you have laws and do you sanction companies that don't? And we don't see it even with the data safety things. We do have kind of 
good, I would say, regulation in the European Union, but there are still some things that are regulated on the level of law and they are not sanctioned if, if companies don't do that. So I don't think the act will make any difference as long as we don't have really laws and they are applied to sectors and then we could talk about consequences. I think we are we have a long way to go still until that makes a difference. Making a difference is what Jan Peter Dams sees as his job at CNV. He and his teams are contacting decision makers and exerting pressure so that the concerns of workers are included in the draft of the AI Act. Within this AI Act, we're of course looking at what will it involve and entail for workers? Will it have enough guardrails? Because I think the AI Act in itself is not sufficient in mitigating the risks that are there and to provide a better position for workers. So this is something that we're definitely pushing for. The other thing that should be in an act at the European level is the need for employers to provide skills for workers, but also to have uh, programs in place in all the European countries for employees losing their jobs because of AI and that they should be supported to get into other fields of work, I think is also very important for a future um, work on the European level when it comes to AI. The AI Act is expected to be adopted in 2024. From then on, the member states will have two years to transpose the directive into their national laws and, in the spirit of Jan Peter Dams, to adapt it in favour of workers. If you want to find out more about the AI Act and about serious mistakes that have already taken place in the use of AI, I recommend you take a look at the ESA magazine. You can find the link in the show notes. We're also interested in your opinion on artificial intelligence. Let us know how AI is influencing you in your work by sending us an email to ESA at ESA.org. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the tourism sector and about its strategy to become more sustainable. Follow us along the south coast of Portugal in the next episode of WeWork Europe. If you like WeWork Europe, do give us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you have any interesting topics or feedback for us, just contact isa at isa.org. We Work Europe is the podcast from ESA, the European Centre for Workers' Questions, which receives financial support from the European Union. This podcast was narrated by me, Rebecca Sharp. Script and production by Escucha, Audio Identity. <laughs>